This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. Now we're working. Yeah, here we are. A wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you. It's wonderful being here to share some ideas, to share some thoughts, to look at the Parsha, to see what it has to teach us. After all, Torah is Torah is Chaim. It's the Torah which is the source of life. It gives life. It creates life. It enables us to, well, to live, to live properly, to live as we should, to live as we must, and to live correctly. And this is why when we study the Torah, it's not the insights, the profound knowledge, the, the infinite amount of of intellect and, and divine spiritual knowledge, but it's most importantly the lesson that we learn, what we can take from the Parsha, what the Parsha is giving us, and how to simply better our lives as a result. In the Parsha of Shavtim. Shavtim, of course, means judges. And it begins with an instruction of how each and every single community, Behol Shirechad, each and every single community, is obligated to establish a court, to establish a Beth Din that will rule on issues that we need in order to continue life and to live life correctly every day. There might be conflicts. Conflicts within ourselves, conflicts within, well, perhaps a community between people. There are always situations that need to be resolved, always situations of conflict and friction that have to be addressed and to be addressed correctly because conflict, if not addressed correctly, becomes ugly, becomes violent, becomes something which creates not only incredible negativity, but doesn't allow for peace and stability. And therefore, we need the Shoftim. We need those individuals who are charged with the incredible duty of making sure that the law is ruled correctly, it's handled correctly, it's applied fairly and correctly. And not only that, but Shoftim v'shotrim, to appoint bailiffs, sheriffs, those who will implement the law. Once the judges have made the ruling, once the judges have said what has to be done, those individuals make sure that, in fact, that ruling, that judgment, is fulfilled and fulfilled properly. And this is how this Parsha begins, and, of course, a tremendous, tremendous relationship with the month of Elul that we entered into this week, the time that we have to look at ourselves honestly and with integrity, with a sense of unbiased dimension. We have to look at ourselves clearly and say to ourselves, as a judge would, what areas of my life have to be, well, handled a little bit differently, what areas of my life have to be corrected, what areas of my life have to be upgraded and uplifted, what areas of life, in fact, what is it that I have to do in order to ensure that my life is responsible, that my life is correct? And this is how the Parsha begins. And it's interesting because as we go through the Parsha, we find something which kind of begs a certain question. We come across the four different types of leadership in every community. We speak, first of all, about the Shafti. We speak about the judges. We also speak about the king. When you will come into the land and you will have finally established the land, then it's time to appoint a king. And a king, of course, is the ultimate leader in society. We speak about the prophets, where the prophets must come from, what kind of people they have to be. And uh, there, too, in this week's Parsha, we come across those individuals in a leadership position. 
throughout history, the Jewish people were guided by their prophets. Moshe was a prophet. Joshua was a prophet. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, so many of them. We go through the entire Torah, the entire Bible, and we are introduced to the most eloquent speakers speaking in the name of God, having received a message from God to pass on to the people. The prophets, the Nevi'im, of course, are in a position of great responsibility and leadership. Then we come across the Kohen, the entitlements of the Kohen, what he has to be given, how he has to be handled. And the Kohen, of course, was the one who served in the temple. That, too, a position of leadership. That, too, a position of great And we see all these elements, the judge, the king, the prophet, the kohen, the priest, each one represents a different dimension of leadership within society. The king, of course, is the, uh, well, the ultimate ruler and the one who is, in fact, the executive body, the executive dimension of a society. The judges are the judicial, the legislative, whatever you want to call it, but those who deal with the law on a regular daily basis. The prophets, of course, deal with the religious dimensions of the Jewish people, speaking in the name of God, telling the people, what direction they should take, where they've gone wrong, what they should be doing, etc., etc. And, of course, the Kohen, the Kohen is the one who is responsible for the ritual dimension, the service in the temple, what had to be done there on a daily basis in order to ensure that, in fact, the will of God was taken care of correctly. And it's each one of these areas of leadership within a community that makes for a complete and whole community. You have to have a king. You have to have the executive, the one who stands at the head and does what has to be done to make those ultimate rulings, to decide upon issues of how the nation should go forward, how the people should go forward, God forbid to go to war, not to go to war. Then, of course, the judges, they are the ones who, in fact, have to rule upon the implementation of those laws, if, in fact, those laws are correct according to Torah law. And the legislator, because the judges in those days were both the judicial and the legislative, the priests, of course, there too, the ritual in the temple, uh, it's a necessary type of activity on a daily basis, the temple, the house of God, which fulfills the ultimate purpose of whatever has to be done within this world. All of this took place in the holy temple. And the prophet, the one who comes and speaks words of God in the name of God, the prophet who, in fact, is the mouthpiece of God to the people, and each one balances the other and creates an element of wholeness, of completeness within society. In every fine society, you have that division of power. There's the judicial, there's the executive, there's the legislative. There are those who deal with all those issues, and no one has the ultimate power and authority, although within Judaism, the king comes pretty close to that. But as we take a look at the Parsha, we come across these four dimensions of leadership We have to ask ourselves one question that we often ask, and that is, the Parsha is called Shoftim, Judges. Why is it that judges are given the highlight, not only the highlight of the Parsha, the Parsha is called Judges, but in actual fact, the entire Parsha, all those other dimensions of leadership somehow come under the general title of 
what the judges are. In other words, it would seem to suggest that in a certain way the judges are most important and even the king, the prophet, and the priest are mentioned within the Parsha but certainly don't have the title of the entire Parsha. And as we examine the various roles of these people and how it affects us, we'll begin to understand why it is that the Parsha is called Shoftim, why the Parsha is called Judges, and why, in fact, judges take that primary position, the name of the Parsha, and, in a sense, the most important group of leadership within the Parsha. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipsker from Chabad of Hyde Park. Deal with those issues completely and thoroughly. Why is it the one Shofet, the judge, under whom falls the other three categories of king, of prophet, and of priest? And perhaps by examining all four and understanding what in fact the roles are within our own lives, we will begin to appreciate what in fact the idea of this is all about. We're talking about the idea of why in fact all the categories of leadership, the king, the prophet, the priest, and the judge, come in a parsha that is called shoftim, that is called judges. And this is why we have to look at each one of those categories in order to understand how, in effect, it touches our lives and why, in fact, it's structured in this particular sort of way. When we talk about the king, the king, of course, is the ultimate authority. The king in Jewish law has tremendous levels of power, tremendous levels of authority, tremendous levels of divine right. We take a look in the Torah itself, we take a look in the various commentaries, we take a look in Rambam, what in fact the rights of the king are, and we will be astounded to see the extent of what in fact the rights, the powers, the privileges, and the duties of the king are all about. And this is why some of our commentaries, some of our Kabbalistic commentaries, speak about the king being that highest level of the soul, the highest level of the soul, which is part and parcel of God himself, the highest level of the soul, which in fact connects us with God, which in fact is the origin of our existence, our life, our power within the world that we live. The king can be compared to that level of the soul. We then talk about the idea of the prophet. And the prophet, again, he speaks in the name of God. He, too, is an individual connected with holier and other types of spiritual dimension. And this, too, is a dimension of the soul. It's a lower dimension of the soul. It's a dimension of the soul which actually enters into the body. In the soul, there are different dimensions, higher levels and lower levels, but primarily they are divided into two, those levels of the soul which are connected to the soul but do not, uh, connected to the body but do not enter the body, and those levels of the soul which actually enter into the body and have a direct and immediate contact with the various elements of life, the various powers that we have, the very life-giving essence that the soul has as far as the body is concerned. And then we have the judge. And the judge we talk about is the individual who is compared to intellect. Because after all, the judge, the judge has to use his reason, his logic, in order to come to a ruling. The judge can't rely on hearsay. He can't rely on on 
emotion. He can't rely on anything other than using his intellect, his powerful intellect, in order to come to a just decision. Having heard various sides, having considered the various possibilities and options, having looked at everything that is there, the judge is the one that represents intellect, wisdom, logic, reason within the human being. And the priest, of course, the one who's responsible for ritual within the community, he is the one who is compared to emotion, because very often prayer and the rituals in the temple, which is compared to prayer, and prayer, in fact, is the expression of what took place in the temple through the offerings, through the sacrifices, etc. Prayer is very much the service of the heart. The service of the heart is emotion and the excitement and the higher levels of love and perhaps those dimensions of awe and distance and fear, the compassion, whatever it is that the heart represents, this is expressed through and by the priest, the individual who is charged with the responsibility of managing the ritual with in the temple, which is the service of the heart. And not only that, but the Kohen is the one who has the incredible privilege and duty of blessing the people. And as you know, if you're in Shul, whenever the Kohen blesses the people in Israel, it's on a daily basis, in some places on Shabbos only, in the, the rest of the world, it's on the Chagim, on the festivals. And what does the priest say, the blessing, before he actually blesses the people, he has to make a bracha. And the bracha that he makes is that he is the one who is going to bless the people with love, not only to bless them, but bless them with love, love, an expression of the emotion, an expression of the heart, a symbol of the heart, and this is why the Kohen is connected with that dimension as well. So here we are in a situation where we see different dimensions of the human being represented by the metaphorical leadership positions that we come across in the Parsha. We talk about the idea of the king, the king being the soul, the highest level of the soul. And the reason is because the king, in a sense, as powerful as he is, as great as he is, is in a sense distant from the people. Yes, he rules the people. He gives instruction. He makes laws. He gives expression to the people in terms of what has to be done, and sometimes in dramatic sort of ways. But the king, by and large, is within his palace, in his castle. He is distant from the people. The average person does not see the king. The average person does not come into direct contact with the king. The king is, well, isolated almost in the temple, in the palace surrounded by his ministers and it's the ministers only who have the opportunity of meeting with the king and they too not at all times the king in a sense is an isolated creature although he is directly responsible for leading the nation in every sense of the word he is distant and this is the concept of the higher level of the soul the higher level of the soul is something which is in a sense distant from the people. Yes, we are aware that it's there. Our sages tell us it's there. We speak about that level of the soul, which is, well, like part and parcel of Chelekeleka. It's part and parcel of God himself. And yet we know about it. We are told about it. We have an inkling as to its existence, but we certainly are quite distant from a conscious relationship with that level of the soul. And then it comes to the 
prophet. And the prophet is the one as mentioned before. That's the dimension of the soul which actually enters into the body. It gives life. It gives life to the individual. It gives life to the powers that we possess. The powers of sight and sound and speech. The various senses that we possess. The various elements of life. The various limbs that we have. The organs that we have. Each and every one of them is powered by and given life through and by that level of the soul. And this is why the prophet, the prophet is the one who speaks in the name of God. He comes and talks in a language that the people understand. He doesn't speak in a foreign language. He does not speak in a way that the people don't understand. He is directly responsible for coming to the people and preaching to the people, preaching to the people about things that are important, things that are vital, things that will happen, things that the Jewish people have to be aware and cautious of. But still, in a sense, he is a distant type of individual. While he might come to the people and talk to the people and relate to the people in terms of delivering the word of God, the message of God, he in fact is an individual who lives a holier life. He is often separated from the people. He receives his prophecy all alone in a moment of great ecstasy, in a moment of great divine passion away from the people. And this is why even though the message that he carries is directly to the people, nonetheless, he is an individual who is, in a sense, distant. And we speak about the Kohen, the Kohen who is the one who serves in the temple with the ritual, with the emotion, with all that that it contains. And the emotion is an exceptionally powerful element within one's life. But emotion is something which is subject to all sorts of influences, positive and sometimes negative. The emotion is something that is there, but emotion needs all sorts of controls and barriers to ensure that the passion that you feel, the excitement that you feel, the tremendous burst of energy that you're experiencing is something which is correct and something which is proper. We talk about various levels of joy. You know, some people under Understand the idea of simcha, the true dimension of joy, a godly type of joy. And yet there are so many who are involved in other sometimes negative expressions of joy, of happiness, of excitement. And they too are full of all sorts of passion, of ecstatic feelings, etc., etc. Emotion is something which, if not bridled, if not handled correctly, if not focused and directed specifically to a holy and good purpose, can wander off into strange and dangerous places. And then comes logic, and then comes the judge. And the judge is the one who is able to reason. The judge is the one who is able to understand, to argue both points of view. The judge is the one who takes intellect. The judge is the one who takes intellect and applies it to those disturbing questions, the uncertainties of life. There is this point and there is that point. There is this attitude. There is that attitude. There is this opinion. There is that opinion. The judge is the one who rules. The judge is the one who says, having considered all opinions, having considered all positions, having considered all sides, this is the way you have to behave. This is the way that you have to act. And then he appoints the bailiffs, he appoints the sheriffs in order to ensure that the ruling that was made in the court is implemented and implemented correctly. This is what the judge is all about. And therefore, the judge in a sense 
is the most important element within the life of the individual, within the life of the community. It's the one who practically rules on a daily basis, the one who practically makes those decisions that affect our lives every single day completely and clearly and directly. The king, yes, vital, great, supreme, but distant, isolated, far away. The prophet, yes, but he too is a holy man who in a sense is distant from us. He speaks in the name of God and he speaks words that are impressive. He speaks words that are uplifting, but still in a sense far away. The priest, the priest represents emotion and emotion can be all over the place. Emotion can be in a sense very good, in a sense very bad. Reason is clear. It is calculated, it is simple, and it is decisive, and it is something which represents the implementation of those decisions that have been made. And this is why, in a sense, all categories of leadership come under the umbrella of the judge. The judge is the one who takes the wisdom of the king, who takes the words of the prophet, who takes the emotion of the priest. He is the one who puts it into practical law. He is able to tell us, yes, this type of behavior, the excitement, the joy that you celebrate on the Chagim is wonderful, but it has to be within the context of correct behavior, and this is why the judges of Sanhedrin would send out people to visit the towns during the Chagim to ensure that every single celebration, every single expression of ecstatic joy was within the category of halacha correctness. He takes the word of the king, the king who is the ultimate authority, he takes the king's law and translates it into a practicality which the people can take and use on a daily level. He takes the words of the prophet, the word of God, admonitions and uplifting words, visions, things that carry us to all sorts of greater places and he says this is the law and this is why because it's the closest to us it's the one that actually takes all the other forms of leadership and presents it into a practical applicable sort of way this is why the judge is the one who in a sense is the most important and this is why the Parsha is called Shoftim and this is why other forms of leadership are contained within this Parsha. And this is something which is important for us to understand because this in a sense is what the Parsha is all about. Because Torah, as mentioned earlier on, Torah is a book of instruction. Torah is a book of giving guidance and direction to each and every one of us. Torah is practical. And Torah basically means the application of law. Yes, there are all sorts of opinions even within Torah, but it's the judge that has to take all of that and make it real, make it applicable, make it something can be used on a daily basis. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about why the judge, in fact, occupies a position of not only importance, but in a sense more important than the other forms of leadership because it deals with life on a practical basis, on a daily basis. It is something which is It is something which is close. It's something which is immediate and something which is applicable. But before we continue with that, a word from the marketplace. If you have a community event coming up, do you know that Chai FM will mention it for 
free on air. Plus, we're listed on our events page on chayfm.com. Interested? Have an event you want to promote? Email mandy at chayfm.com. 101.9 chayfm, 101.9 megahertz of life. The judge. The judge is the individual who, as I said before, makes the rulings on a daily basis. And this is why in every single community, you can't have the king in every single community. You can't have a prophet in every single community necessarily. You can't have the priest in every single community. The priest is basically serving in the temple in Jerusalem. The king is in the holy palace, usually in Jerusalem as well. And of course, the prophet travels from place to place. But each and every single community had to have its court of law, had to have its judges in order to rule on a daily basis. And this is why, because of its incredible immediacy, it is something which is vital. It is something which is absolutely necessary. And in a sense, it becomes the conduit. The courts become the conduit to deliver to the people what the king wants, what the prophet is saying, and the incredible, powerful, necessary emotion represented by the priest. But the judge, even though he has to use intellect, he uses the power of logic and reason, that dimension within man, which in fact is contained within the overall realm of Chachma, of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, that individual is told very clearly at the beginning of the Parsha how you have to behave. You can't allow any type of bias or partiality. You can't accept bribes. And bribery is not necessarily something which has to be coarse and something which has to be, in a sense, openly vulgar. It can be the slightest suggestion of bias or partiality. The judges have to be absolutely neutral. The judges have to be individuals who stand above any type of question of ethical or moral dimension. They are individuals who have have to rule on every single detail of daily life. And this is why in order for it to be ensured that it is something which is powerful and positive and good, it must come from a place of absolute integrity and authenticity as well. And this is why the judge is told again and again and again, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdov, make sure that your pursuit of justice is just everything you say, everything you do, how you deal with issues, how you deal with questions, how you deal with conflict, how you deal with individuals, all of this reflects incredible dimensions of holiness, of honesty, of decency, of goodness. And this is why the month of Elul that we are involved in right now, the month of preparation for Rosh Hashanah and the 10 days of Tshuva and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the preparation for all those incredible moments when we stand before the King of Kings who will in fact give each and every one of us, please God, a good and sweet and wonderful year. Each and every one of us stands before the King of Kings, but there is a month of preparation. But in order for this month of preparation to fulfill its purpose in the best sense of the word, it's necessary to have an honest cheshbon hanefesh. And a cheshbon hanefesh is a personal audit, to take a look at oneself and to ask oneself, 
with all honesty, what have I done? How has this past year been? Have I lived up to my expectations? Have I lived up to the expectations that others have of me? Have I fulfilled my duties, my responsibilities? Have I done that which I should have done? Have I failed anywhere? Have I stumbled here and there and made some mistakes along the way? Cheshben HaNefesh, the personal audit of life, the personal assessment of accomplishments of God forbid failures has to be done with a tremendous sense of integrity because after all we have to stand before God Almighty himself on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and we all stand in awe of his greatness of his holiness and each and every one of us hopes and prays for and please God will be given all that is good and all that is wonderful, but nonetheless, there has to be a dimension of preparation which enables us to do so with a sense of clarity and certainty. And this is why our sages tell us, yes, God helps us along the way because he himself, so to speak, clothed in the garments of, well, the ordinary, comes among the people and receives everyone with a smiling face because Hashem wants this month of Elul to be a month of preparation. But we have to be shoftim. We have to be shoftim right now. Yes, there is a certain amount of emotion. Yes, we hear the words of prophet. We hear the divine voice. And yes, we look forward to reading and seeing the king to recognize the king but it's the judge the judge who has to make the evaluation the judge who has to look at ourselves and that judge is within ourselves and in order to be a personal judge it takes a tremendous amount of honesty of integrity and greatness and this is what the parsha talks to us make sure there is no partiality make sure there is no bias make sure that what you do you do with honesty and honesty means not only looking at our faults some people think that being honest means brutally criticizing yourself of course not you have to look at your faults and you have to deal with your faults but you have to recognize your qualities and live by those qualities and celebrate those qualities those qualities those great things that you've done in life those are yours and you should be truly proud of them you should take them and make them your own make them your own in every sense of the word and in fact let those types of qualities become a message to others, an instruction to others, an example to others of what goodness is, because cheshben hanefesh means an honest assessment of who and what I am, and each and every one of us possesses a tremendous amount of good points and strength and qualities. Yes, each and every one of us has a couple of shortcomings as well. Otherwise, we wouldn't be human beings. We are human beings at the end of the day. But at the same time, we all possess wonderful dimensions of strength, of greatness, of insight, of accomplishment, of good deeds, of wonderful things. This is what the month of Elul is all about. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to the reading of the Torah. It begins with Shoftim. Yes, it begins with judges, because ultimately, as mentioned before, judges are the ones, through the power of intellect, which each and every one of us possesses, is able to make those determinations, is able to make those rulings and decisions which affect our lives immediately on a daily basis. But listen carefully to the other positions of leadership. Listen carefully to how the king 
is appointed in what is told to the king in order for him to fulfill his incredible lofty position. Listen to the prophet where he has to come from, what kind of individual it has to be. Listen to the way we have to deal with the Kohen, what we have to give him to show our appreciation for the ones who creates that incredible passion, that incredible emotion of holiness, which is reflected in the daily service and the daily ritual of the Holy Temple. And think carefully of how each and every one of those leadership dimensions is part and parcel of your own life. And this should become part of our Cheshbon HaNefesh. These individuals who represent those positions of leadership is something which is contained within each and every one of us. And we have to recognize it. We have to, as said before, celebrate it. We have to take those positions, make them our own on a conscious level, and stand before Hashem with integrity and honesty and with a certain degree of clarity and certainty in asking for a Khativa Khatimatova to have a good and sweet year. Good Shabbos.